Hello and welcome to the Aid Station. I'm Chris Robb and today we meet Enrico Fili, who is the CEO of RCS Sport and Events, DMCC. Uh, Enrico is normally based in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates, but has just recently returned to Milano, his hometown, to come and see his family. And today he got caught in a traffic jam on the way there. There was an accident, so he's got the wonderful, beautiful backdrop of a street in Milano. <laughs> wonderful to see you, Enrico. Thanks for taking the trouble. Thank you very much, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, let's see, let's see what, uh, what, the, what next. What's yeah, next? no, wonder, wonderful to meet you. And uh, yeah, an interesting, challenging times for you. I'd love to just start by getting a little bit about your background, please, Enrico. Well, let's say I have a pretty strange background, I would say, because I changed a lot of position inside. Uh, before I was uh, in the consulting, uh, then I jumped into RCS, where I was the, um, in the HR department, organization and blah, 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 and development. Uh, then I jumped into the digital, where I've been the head of the e-commerce and the digital uh, in my co home company, that is RCS Media Group. It's a listed company in Milan. And uh, three years ago, uh, there was the opportunity to, for me to change completely, uh, to come to, to Dubai and uh, take the responsibility of this company that has been there since 2013, that manages professional events uh, for the UAE and in general for all the Middle East and Asia. Uh, so for me, it was a big, a big, a big step because, of course, I was not coming from the event organization, but from media and digital and consulting. Uh, but let's say, uh, let's say this time it's better to have, according to me, a 360 degree background instead of to be stuck in one uh, single thing. Because with all the changes, you need to be flexible. You need to take. Uh, some learning for also from other, uh, from different perspectives. So and uh, so now it's three years. I'm very happy, and uh, I'm in Dubai. And uh, let's see with uh, with this COVID what uh, what uh, what will be the future of the professional events and the amateur events, of course. Yeah. So you have a portfolio, obviously, of professional and, and amateur. And had you had any experience being in the Middle East before you went there? No, no, completely a black hole for me. I, I didn't know anything. I just, when they told me there is a chance to go to Dubai, I have to take the map and see where it, where it was because I was never been there before. So, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but uh, in any case, I think, uh, I think my curriculum was missing an international experience. So for me, it has been, been a great opportunity. Uh, and so, yeah. I, wow. I took the, 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 the I took the job, let's say. <laughs> yeah, what a, what a wonderful opportunity. And you know, life's been yeah. interesting. As you said, you just uh, just flew in uh, recently back home to see your family. What, what's life been like in Dubai during uh, the, the COVID lockdown? Well, it was similar to the one of, uh, let's say, what we have experienced in Milan and other cities. So it was a complete lockdown. Uh, let's say the, the government there is very strict so and very cautious. So... I think they went in lockdown well before other countries compared to the curve of the contagious. They use a lot of the digital because, uh, let's say, UAE has, the, has invested heavily in uh, digital citizenship and things like that. So for them, it's very easy to have a clear idea of how many people there are in the country. How many people left the country? Where are the people in this moment? So it's, I think, uh, it's, let's say the technology has been used very well. So 
they were able to keep the contagious very, very low. Uh, in any case, we, st we stuck at home, <laughs> as, as anyone in the world. Yeah. And there is little by little, let's say, the, the challenge was for the kids, of, of course, because they have to do e-learning. Yeah. Uh, but they enjoy very much. And uh, we enjoyed also very much to say so much time with the kids that never happened because both me and my wife were working there. So, um, yeah, let's say, pros and cons. Sometimes I was... was I, want, I wanted to cry <laughs> because there was too much kids exposure. <laughs> yeah. But then uh, it was nice. Let's say they enjoy, they learn a lot. So I think that in general it will be a nice memory in our life. So no problem at all, I would like to say. I, yes. Of course, we cannot go, come back to Italy. So seven months, we have a very, let's say, my, my, my mom and the parents of my wife, uh, let's say, are a little bit old. So, you know, seven months without seeing them has been a challenge. Uh, unluckily, the parents of my wife took the corona in Italy, but uh, luckily they went uh, well now, so they, they are both uh, okay. And yeah, let's see. Wow. And you, you said the children, how many children and what ages? Okay, two children, one is 11 and one is six. Okay, so, so interesting. I've got a little five-year-old, nearly six-year-old boy, so imagine he's full of energy, wanting to be talking all the time and yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. But you know, they start learning how to do chat in WhatsApp in, uh, with many instruments. So they, at the end, they don't feel lonely. They yeah. have the possibility to express themselves and let's say doing PlayStation together with the people in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> <So> it's not <laughs> physical, uh, but mental. <laughs> Uh, training <laughs> yeah and connection all over the world that's amazing and so when yeah. you go back now will you need to go into some kind of quarantine or yes yeah, so let's say that i am here officially for work let's say so there is a kind of uh, flexibility so you have five days in which uh, let's say let's work i arrived yesterday i had 48 hours before going into quarantine and uh yeah so i will go in the quarantine tomorrow exactly and uh, yeah, but because I need to go to work, but I don't have to see anyone basically. So it's uh, it's in Italy we say it's a fiduciary quarantine. I don't know if fiduciary is the English translation because it's up to us to behave in a correct way. Uh -huh. uh, of course, uh, my family is back at home; they are not going out. I'm going out just because I have to do some uh, things. But I will be, let's say I will be video calling basically. Yeah. So no problem. Wow. And then when you go back again to Dubai, back into quarantine there? No, oh, in Dubai it works like this. When you land in Dubai, they, they took the test. You took the test. Uh -huh. You will have the test in um, less than 24 hours. So in that, in that day, you need to stay home in the specific hotel. Uh -huh. They forced you to download an app so they can track you. Yeah. Once you receive the test, you are free to go, if negative, of course. Yeah. Okay. So all the tourists will end up with having the test. Uh, yeah. However, in the UAE, I want, uh, let's say, everyone is tested. I, I got a three tests up until now being in Dubai. Wow. In Italy, there is people that have never been tested because of the, the strategy is different. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, Dubai is a little place. No? In the end, they yeah. can test everyone if, if they want. Yeah. So it's the difference between a little country and a big, big country. So. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's pretty amazing. So I guess, you know, many challenges along the way. And, you know, one of your challenges was, was very early on with the tour of UAE having to be cancelled midway. You had the athletes with coronavirus that had to be quarantined in the hotel. That must have been a, yeah. a very challenging experience. 
Yes, it has been a very challenging experience because unfortunately we were the first professional event hit by the coronavirus. So imagine we have, uh, let's say for the tour, there are 600 people uh, involved between uh, athletes, team, organization, government. So suddenly at the, the night of the fifth stage, they, they came, they told us not to go to, go, to stay in the hotel. Uh, and then they announced the quarantine for everyone. So um, we were stuck in three hotels in, uh, in Abu Dhabi, nice hotel. So let's say in terms of accommodation, a problem. But of course, what we didn't expect, because let's say, of course, being the main organizer uh, on behalf of the Sport Council, we were the only entity knowing exactly who were, who was in the country, where they were. Luckily, we were extremely, extremely organized. So we know exactly in which room was a single athlete, a single person. So immediately the government took uh, us like a special team for people. <laughs> and we work uh, 24 hours per day for, let's say, without sleeping <laughs> for three, four days in order to arrange everything. Um, because the first uh, step, of course, was to quarantine and isolate the potential positive. Uh, they, they, because the first positive were some mechanics of one of the teams. Mm -hmm. So all the um, riders and the mechanic has been isolated by floor by floor inside an hotel, while the organization were in another hotel. Okay. Then they start massively testing everyone. Uh, so once one hotel was completely negative, they allow them to, to release and go to back, back home. Mm -hmm. uh, while in the case of the riders, uh, anytime they do a test, they discover one positive. When you discover one positive, you have to isolate all the people he has met. Now you know the contact tracing. Mm -hmm. So this, this, this concept that now are normal in February was absolutely unknown to anyone. So yeah. the reaction of uh, the people was, of course, uh, let's say, there was the, 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 let's say, I would like to say, not the intelligent and the stupid but let's say the most flexible and the less flexible the most flexible and the style that they stood in the in the hotel waiting for the turn the less flexible they say no this is a violation of human rights they cannot keep they call the embassy and let's say this has caused a lot of stress I imagine that when in the morning when i opened the whatsapp you know when the big influencer they have all the screen full of messages they have 600 people writing when i when will be released from the prison you know? so it's a uh, it has been challenging, um, especially because some of the riders has a big social follower, yeah. a lot of, and so they start. Some of them they start doing. I, I can say stupid, but I want to say stupid. Some they say superficial things like posting video inside my hotel, like they were in a jail, but mm -hmm. they weren't in a jail. Of course, uh, it was the first. They they were not used to the quarantine. Now they are doing quarantine every. Every two days, so yeah. and, no, and nobody cares. But yeah. it was challenging because the media were pushing, of course, um, to understand better why they were keeping there the people, uh, if the human rights were uh, respected, blah, blah, blah. But of course, they were respected. Uh, however, everything went well. So after three days, we were able to release the six, uh, 300 people. After other five days, other 200. Uh, and then, uh, little by little, once the, all the contact tracing were negative, they start releasing the last teams. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that, let's say, the 99% of the, the population left the country after one week. Mm -hmm. So they, they didn't lose so much time. But another great uh, 
uh, learning is that the time, if the time in quarantine is something that never ends. So it seems that they have been there for one month. Instead, they stay, maybe some of them stay one day more of what was expected. So nothing. However, let's say uh, then you know that uh, this this COVID on the positive can last a lot. So the last one, the last guy stayed 45 days. Wow. wow. So some of, let's say, the, the, the last people living in the country were very, very stressed because they were isolated for 45 days, basically. Mm. And this was very a challenge, especially for young guys that uh, used to train. Yeah. Um, it was very painful, I must say. But uh, we were trying to be as, as near as possible to them. Uh, providing, I don't know, food uh, or different kind of food, something. But let's say the things, the other thing is that uh, out of 18 positive, basically just one have or two have some symptoms. Mm -hmm. The other ones were, were totally asymptomatic. Wow. Uh, and so this was for them already more, more, stra more strange again because they were feeling good, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Just the just the test say positive, 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 positive. <laughs> they were staying stuck in a in a room basically. However, let's say now it's uh, it's past, and uh, yeah, all the world knows what is happening. So, however, it has been a challenge. I have a lot of I have a lot of learn. I learned a lot really, and how to manage this kind of emergency. So I think that we are very well prepared for the future. Mm -hmm. uh, in order to manage a situation like this, also the authorities they they learn a lot from this experience. Mm -hmm. They I, I must say that uh, I don't know the other country, but I must say the UAE has a, an amazing capability of organizing things um, like this. So they have procedure, they have the technology, uh, they have people. So let's say I must say that um, there was never panicking. Um, and everything has been managed very, very professional. So mm. wow. I think that for them has been a great achievement also. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, one of the things for me that's coming out of COVID across many industries, but in our industry particularly, is this massive amount of collaboration. People who would not normally share their experiences and, and their protocols with people are collaborating and sharing. So I guess from your perspective, the lessons that you learned there must be hugely valuable to RCS now as an organization. And obviously that's internal yeah, yeah. collaboration, but you know, you're, you're planning for hopefully the Giro to go ahead and obviously the whole cycling industry, the pro section yeah. is due to come back to racing soon. So have you been sharing that knowledge with a lot of people, lots of workshopping and brainstorming? Yeah, of course. No, not too many workshops, honestly. Not too many workshops, but of course internally, yes. Um, then let's say, the people that is working in the UAE are the same people that is working for the Giro. So yeah. they took directly this experience to the race. Uh, yeah. Also in terms of now we have presented to the Italian, Italian government a protocol yeah. uh, for managing the COVID during the race that has been very appreciated. Um, yeah, let's say, but uh, of course, I'm available to, to share the knowledge to anyone. Uh, you have a lot of conversation in this day with other organizers. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, now the government all around the world are taking their own procedure and their own regulation. So I think that the first step in any case is to check what they're doing before inventing protocols and regulation out of nothing. Mm. The only thing that I can suggest to anyone, especially where you have a professional and um, a lot of people from the organization, from your 
the, the people that you manage and the people indirectly that you manage supplier etc is to track them to track in a sense that to know exactly name and mobile number of all the people working with you or for you or around you or indirectly for you etc etc mm -hmm. because if something happened this is the only way to 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 track the people really and to make them go home as soon as possible because if you start not to have the name who is this guy i don't know but this is working for you i don't know it creates so much uh, hassle and um, a sense of uh, uncertainty also in the government they need the answer mm -hmm. uh, that i think this is a pitfall you must avoid yeah wow. and then when you know the regulation of course you apply the protocol and the procedure but uh, let's say if something happened you must be uh, let's say you must know everything Mm. Oh, so this no. is uh, the, the the big rule I understood from the, the big lesson I learned. Yeah, no, great, great advice. Um, I always like to end the aid station with something inspirational. Is there? I mean, you must have seen some incredibly inspirational things during COVID and outside of COVID. Is there one little story maybe that you can share with people that are watching, please? Oh, well, let's say it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's. Um, Let's say I can say this. Um, during the COVID, there were some. There were, let's say, one thing that I really appreciate is that there were these kind, these mechanics that were working that were positive. That uh, let's say not for their fault, but they were the people that created the contagion inside the race, inside uh, everything. I must say that I never seen. Uh, anyone complaining about these guys that were very humble people uh, that were working for the teams so something that i learned that is very inspirational for me is that uh, one thing that i appreciate notwithstanding the, the the situation the stress is that nobody has ever uh, let's say condemned or saying bad word against uh, another team that was let's say the cause of this the cause mm -hmm. quote unquote of course and there was a lot of solidarity. So this I learned, I, I, I like very much it from the professional uh, uh, riders that were there. Uh, so of course there were people complaining, but not against the others. And that's a little bit uh, a step, no? you know, because uh, <laughs> sometimes you, you tend to accuse someone, hey, you, you are the, the guy, you may, must be uh, keeping quarantine only you. And when I <laughs> say instead, this, Nothing happened. There was a lot of solidarity between the, 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 the teams. They were helping each other even during the quarantine. Uh, so they were sharing knowledge, sharing uh, things. So I, I appreciate this. And I think that uh, it's something that is very important in sport. Yeah. No? So, yeah. And look, that's, that's always been my, my experience of cycling. Uh, you know, the peloton and the way that they work together and support each other. I think it's, it's got many many applications in life so yeah it's a wonderful story to end enrico uh, i really appreciate you making the time thank you for finding a, a cafe on the on the way in uh, to, to make the time to speak <laughs> it's, it's a wonderful pleasure to have that backdrop and i wish you a wonderful visit with your parents and uh, and and a safe trip thank back you. to dubai and hopefully a a great season ahead soon whenever that may start but i uh, really wish you all the very best thank you thank you very much chris for the opportunity and keep in touch for the future thank you Thank you.